Welcome everybody to this episode of the Aligning 360 podcast. This is episode number 10. And in this episode, I am talking with my brother and friend, Mr. Jordan Thompson. Jordan is a father. He's a brother. He's a son. He's a musician. He's an athlete. And he's an outdoorsman among many other titles you could call this man. He's very intelligent. I really enjoyed this conversation as we meander through topics of Ken Wilbur and the spirit of evolution, different development levels of consciousness, how Jordan is putting himself back together after leaving the church many years ago. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do as well. Thanks for listening. So when when you know my buddy nick yeah when he when he was like full-on deconstructing his his faith it was like a couple of years after i had or probably actually um a good handful of years after i had and we used to just get really high and walk around kansas city like multiple miles you know just what roaming and uh basically spitballing a screenplay for the story of Jesus that's like a complete twist on what actually happened and our yeah. joke was, and we and we would always talk about who we would want to cast and so for G- Jesus is like this kind of lovable slightly philosophical borderline womanizing playboy okay. who's like just like you can't help but not like him kind of like yeah. a mix of uh we want we were like oh uh Gosh, who is it in Pineapple James Franco. Yeah. James Franco as Jesus, but as like a as kind of just like a ladies' man. And Judas would be Zach Galifianakis. Okay. And would think that and and he basic and basically the the twist of it all is the whole story is to, is told by um uh John. And John is the mastermind of Christianity and actually like plots Jesus death you know Jesus just kind of like goes with it and is like whatever this is kinky you know and <laughs> that's like BDSM exactly Jesus dies for BDSM exactly <laughs> Jesus died for your BDSMs um, <laughs> and um, and so but the point is like John talks uh, Judas into uh, John is like maybe we didn't settle on somebody, but John could be like John Ham or something like that. You know, okay. just like a kind of debonair, like suave, a lot going on behind the eyes type of guy. Yeah. Um, and he talks, he tells Judas like, "Hey," uh, and Judas is like, you know, dimwitted or whatever the appropriate term is. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, Jesus is gonna he's gonna pretend like he doesn't want to do this," you know. But you're just gonna go up, you're gonna give him a kiss, um, and we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you, you know, there's they're, they're gonna give you thirty shekels of silver, um, but it's all part of the plan. Jesus knows about it, but he can't let on that he knows about it. You know, right. it's our, it's all of our little secret. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so John, and so uh, Judas thinks he's doing something like really good. He knows he's like, you know, playing the appropriate role when he goes and betrays him and uh jesus in gethsemane and so he's kind of the fall guy for everybody and and our and our thing was 
Peter and John were in on it together, but Peter becomes rat like actually becomes radicalized and thinks that like starts believing the um, kind of myth that they came up with. So he oh, starts to shit. second guess himself and be like, wait a second, I think Jesus was actually the Messiah and I think I did actually betray him and becomes radicalized. And so John kind of, it, at, at the end, John is kind of telling the story from Ephesus, like the carnal center of the world at the time. And he's like, you know, got a bunch of women and food and whatever. And he's just kind of reflecting on a life well lived. And Peter's like out there dying upside down on a cross, like totally radicalized because he, he thinks he did actually, oh, you know, shit. betray the Christ or whatever. But I, we, I think we landed on the fact that I don't think that the world is ready for a satirical Jesus movie yet, at least like a other than South Park. Well, it's like a, like a big studio feature length, mm. a list like a uh, cast, you know, movie, like a Judd Apatow style movie. Yeah. Um, Probably the life not. of Jesus. It's just not quite there. Yeah. It might be soon, but it's like, but it's just not quite, it's just too, it would, it would uh, polarize, you know, too many people. And for, and, you oh, know, to me, big time. yeah, to me, it's like, I take that stance. That's like, you know how they do the paintings of the Buddha and all of these like, funny making funny faces or yeah. making the, in these weird you know moments because it's in order to not place the visage of that character too high right you know i take that same view like i you know i totally have respect for the person of jesus and i don't think that jesus would particularly be mad if i made fun of him i don't think you so know either. what i mean like just made yeah. some shit up and like had, yeah. and had fun with it because it's like well whatever's true is true you know and yeah. if and if something's fun but, but yeah we got a lot of hours out of that nice and, uh, i'd nice. love it i've written a few scenes like i've rewritten a few scene a, a few scenes of the bible like turning the water into wine and all that stuff like what that what actually happened and whatever like as like a, like for a play or something like a no script? for the movie yeah yeah for the uh, movie like yeah. like uh you know written a, at least a few a few scenes of the screenplay for the movie but um so was Nick was Nick into the church like you guys were? No, so Nick's family was evangelical, so he was a big part of like um kind of like if you picture the really fiery, passionate, um almost ecstatic pastors. Yeah, yeah, the ecstatic thing. And ours was much more fundamentalist, like tradition like uh mm. if you took the tradition and just like to, and took the values back like 200 years, that would be where I grew up. You know, where I grew okay. up was like, women are only allowed to wear long skirts. You aren't allowed to go to the movies. You aren't allowed to go rent movies. You don't watch TV. You don't really associate with people who aren't a part of your specific church community. Um, You're welcome. To all of that, that stuff. And... I think it can go down a little bit too, if, it, if that's easier. Oh, sweet. That yeah. is easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for for us it was a lot more it was like tradition on steroids. Yeah. And for them it was it's very much a new movement. Like it was a new movement, but it was like the new evangelical movement. Like if you so heard, doesn't evangelical mean that you're kinda of going around to spread the word? I think I think yeah, as a at the word evangelical I think means that, but I think like a lot of different sects of Christianity mm-hmm. do that. So I think okay. theirs was just theirs is like a, a specific um, brand 
you know, that evangelical movement. Uh, like, there was this movement, I think it's called Jesus Freaks. Um, like after the fucking DC Talk song? Yeah, so the DC Talk was was a is, is like a band that was in the was in the cut of the evangelical like we're like it's almost like we're crazy it, about Jesus but yeah. we're like modern people yeah, who are yeah, just yeah. on fire for Jesus you yeah. know and so that's more the world that Nick grew up in whereas in my world if they ever heard any of the beats that were in DC talk songs it would be like this is evil you know, yeah. it has drums in it and guitars in it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a God. big deal. It was like a mortal sin to break away from the tradition. Oh, yeah. It was like a big deal when I started playing the electric bass guitar because it was, like, definitely pushing the boundaries because it's, like, sonically, you might never know the difference between an electric bass guitar and, like, a stand-up bass, bass you know, like an sure. upright bass. Um they played the same role, but it was like just the fact that this had pickups in it was like, oh, you know, like this Whoa. is really pushing them out, let alone electric guitar, because that can make these really sinful sounds, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these sinful sounds, man. Sinful sounds. So, I, yeah, man. And like my extended family, some of them are still kind of in this, or a lot of them are still kind of in this, in this place, but it's like there are even musical, I mean, you see the values that are similar to like, when you study the like periods of, I'm going to refer to all of it as classical music, but I'll say, but there's a classical period, there's a romantic period, Baroque, all that stuff. Yeah. When you look back at those, it's like, well, there's a proper way to make music and music has these movements that move from this to this and back to that, you know? Yeah. And that's the way that music is. And then the people who defined a new, a lot of the people who defined a new era of music are the people who did something a little bit different and did it, you know, in a way that was really beautiful. For sure. Um, so you see that reflected in kind of some of my, some of that culture that I grew up in where it's like, well, you shouldn't change notes in a melody not on the syllable of the word. Hmm. So if I said, um, I'm just trying to think, um, that what did they call it? Uh, swinging or swooping or something like that. I don't remember, but okay. if I sing, um, but I'm free, free falling, it's like, I'm good. But if I sing, but I'm free, free falling, you know, that's like, no, 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 no. Can't do ah. that because I'm changing the note in the middle of the syllable. In the middle of the word. Okay, <laughs> okay. I see. Yeah, man. And they would have these like pseudos. So it would be like rigid if you're doing shit like that. Hey, cut it out. That's not what we do. Uh, Not so much in my, like I'm saying that is like one of the rules that was alive in like the some of the circles that my extended family was in. Got it. We okay. didn't have the exact same rule. Like, so it, I never even thought about that when I was a kid. I wasn't thinking about that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, they're into like really the th like some sort of weird moral music theory, you know, where it's hmm. like, cause I, I mean, that's what that is. It's like, Oh, you shouldn't be changing notes in the middle of a syllable. It's like, that's, and it's like a moral thing, yeah. you know, it was like spiritually backed up by something, Wow. you know, wow. maybe drawing too much attention to yourself or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it just like I, I could see how when people get rigidly 
associated with something you know it becomes like a sort of fundamentalism you know, oh, it totally. becomes like yeah, this yeah. thing that is like that's the common this ground. is right yeah this is wrong yeah you, this is how we do it and yeah. we don't break away from that yeah that's the common ground between my upbringing and nick's is his his was also fundamentalist so it had a set of like these kind of arbitrary set of values that um or seemingly arbitrary set of values that were just upheld and unquestionable and kind of the core, you know, and yeah. you don't question that, you know. So how did you question it? Um, you know, I I think the the short answer to that question is it became offensive to my spirit. Hmm. You know? Yeah. That's the short answer. And the long answer is 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 more like a, is like stories of just getting my feeling like something was wrong, hmm. um, something was off, like within me, yeah, interacting with that, yeah, and yeah. having that reflect, and finally, like, so I, I I had this situation where, um, there was this kind of hellfire and brimstone preacher who would. Uh, do what's it's like there are these like circuit revival preachers in the south and in in that culture where they'll come through and they'll do like a week of real heavy preaching you know where they do scared straight type of thing okay yeah yeah an intensive that's like i'm gonna say what you already kind of know and believe to some degree louder more emphatically more passionately so that it gets you like fired up and that's mm-hmm. why it's called a revival got it okay so it's reviving kind of the underlying spirit of the thing understood and so and and those guys would take a lot more heated stance on th- like they would say things that are outrageous and say so so one of these guys who used to come to our church his name is phil kid and uh probably um probably one of the most like What's the word like? He his term for himself was the America's most controversial evangelist. That's Got what he would call himself. That was his term for himself. Yeah, that's what he would call himself. Okay. He's America's most controversial evangelist, wow. and um, so he's doing this sermon, and you know everything is like anti anything not traditional, and so you know for, it's not even a conversation about you know be, being gay or something like that. That's like obviously way outside of of what's possible, you know, you're not allowed to do that. If you do that, that's sin and that's, you know, wrong. Yeah. And so he's in the middle of this sermon and he's like going hard about, you know, how wrong it is to be gay. And he, t- he's just, you know, taking a step further, taking a step further. And then he finally reaches this place where he's like screaming. And it's like, and if he says something to the effect of like, and if society, you know, if, if this country was, you know, truly a country of God, then you would see, the gays like hung in the center of the town. You know what I mean? Like, so he's calling for like, you know, killing people who are, you know, gay basically. That's his, that's his move. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess in saying this, I have to say like, this is what, this is what I grew up in. So at that point it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh my God, I've never heard this energy before. And I can't believe it's so offensive. What actually happened is like the whole room is like, Hey man, you know, like we're all about this yes you know people screaming and shouting and like really being into it yeah you know and i felt myself you know in the same vein you know doing the same thing yeah and then i like um felt myself yeah yeah yeah, felt myself for a second and i was like whoa 
what just what just happened? You know what I mean? I'm like, we're talking about killing people. You know, we're talking about murdering people. Yeah. Here, in church, and um. You know, and Not so only that, but like getting real fired up about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like saying that if the world was as it should be, then we would basically be like, you know, um, yeah, just uh, we would be moving towards killing people we disagree with. Basically, yeah. that's the, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, and so yeah, I just know I noticed that for a second and was like, whoa, that's um, I'm not. This isn't right for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and so I that that night I was like I couldn't sleep. I I what you know went to get a snack or something like that in the middle of the night and my dad was in the kitchen and I don't know if I could sense that my dad was along in the same like he kind of had the same sense in I don't know so. yeah I don't know if I sensed that or if or how I don't I don't really know how to evaluate how big of a risk I was taking I don't remember but I just was like dad I I got to I got to get out of this, man. Like, I got to get out of this. And at that point, I wasn't saying to my, I wasn't like a cold heart mic drop, like I got to leave Christianity. Right. Um, but I was just like, dude, I can't, I can't go there and like be a part of that, you know? Yeah. And he was just like, I know, buddy, like me too. We're going to figure out a way, you know, we're going to figure out a way. and figure out a way, like very complicated because the church that we were in and a part of, was and when you're in that everyone you know is in that you know God. you're encouraged not to associate with whoa you know people yeah, outside yeah, yeah. of it or you're you're limited in your interactions with people outside of that because it's always in the vein of um well this is like a, this is an infidel you know what i mean right not right, that right. term but yeah. it's like it's but a the good, same thing it's a good term to use because it it uh yeah it presents this it presents the uh yeah, it presents what it is in a way that's, I think, shocking enough. But it's like, so that and everyone we knew was there, and my grandfather was the pastor of that church. So my dad's wife is his daughter, and my dad, you know, made an agreement with my grandfather to never leave that religion. Whoa. That specific, not just like Christianity, but that as a whole, particular. but yeah, that thing. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, you need to be in a fundamentalist, um, Bab- uh, independent Baptist church that only uses the King James version of the Bible. This is what you agree to if you're marrying my daughter. Whoa! You know, my dad's like, "Well, I've never had sex before, so that sounds good to me." Sign you know? me up! <laughs> yeah, you're saying I can have your bu- man. You know, some people had to work seven years, fourteen years to get the daughter they wanted, and. <laughs> All I got to do is go to church. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, my dad would appreciate that joke. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, so so that's why it was complicated is my, you know, my dad has to, like, basically, you know, say, hey, I'm, you know, I said I'd do this and I'm not doing it. And, um, you know, and to be honest, it doesn't seem that fair, you know, to be having a, having someone, you know, make that kind of promise or whatever. Yeah. See, it's a little weird and controlly, you know, whatever, uh, to require something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's of utmost importance, you know, and, um, it, it, you know, springs from the, it springs from love in that it's, it's an authentically held belief, you know? Yeah. Like I don't want 
I believe that not living this way causes suffering. And um, I don't want my daughter, you, or my grandchildren to suffer, so I want you to promise to do this thing. You know what I mean? Got it, got it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how I relate to it now. It's like, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a very good move but um i can i can understand it coming from where they come from do you think that do you think that that's actually sourced in something that is uh like i I look at that and i go i mean i guess i could see how it could be sourced from a, a loving experience like this is where it gets a little confusing for me sometimes when i when i'm interacting with people that are very religious and especially like very christian mm-hmm is I, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a church too, but it wasn't nearly like anything that you were a part of. I grew Mm -hmm. up in a Southern Baptist church initially. It was like a predominantly black church, probably like 95%. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember it being like too crazy. I remember the songs were great. And Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, you know, I usually had like a relatively good time. And I remember, you know, it was like, I got to put money in a little tray. That was kind of like the extent of it. It was almost like right. I didn't really have any clue like what was actually going on there, you know? Sure. And then uh and then and then I went to another Southern Baptist church. Um, way different. And I just remember like walking in there and just feeling like this fucking feels weird. Mm. You know? This feels weird. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I remember, like, I wasn't pushed towards this or anything like that. Or as far as I can recall, I wasn't mm-hmm. pushed towards it. I just remember yeah. thinking, like, I want to get baptized. Oh, okay. You know? And I remember, like, it was, like, a big deal that I wanted to get baptized. And I remember yeah. people... Yeah, to the church like, or to your family? Uh, I would say probably more so to the church. Mm-hmm. I think my parents were just kind of like, I mean, whatever, you know, like, I, I don't think they had too much about it. Mm-hmm. I remember my aunt had a big deal about it. She was like, you know, it was like she was proud of me or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, and I remember thinking like, I don't, like, I don't get that. I don't really understand why you're, you're proud of me. And I didn't yeah. really feel like any sort of allegiance to that, you know, like, oh, you're proud of me. So I got to like, wasn't anything like that. Like for yeah. me, I was just. I heard that if I do this thing, you know, that that's going to be like a really good thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of like the extent of it. And that's uh, awesome. So I, so I like went, I got baptized. And then it was shortly after that, I remember thinking like, this, it's like, I don't see these people living out what they talk about. You know, I don't see these people like, I'm hearing this about like, this is what we should be doing, which first of all, like who the fuck said that this is what we should be doing. And second of all, like if this is what we should be doing, you guys aren't doing it very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I remember telling my mom, like I fucking don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to mm. fucking go. How old were you when you did that? Maybe 10 or 11. Okay. Something like that. The thing that I look forward to the most after church is that they had this hill that was had this like perfect grass mm-hmm. and we would always go wrestle after church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that was my favorite fucking thing about going to church mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, the social, social aspect. of Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even then, like a lot of the people I didn't really like, you know, I actually got <laughs> in a fucking fist fight in my church Yeah. in like a, uh, like a Sunday school, like kids class. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not, this ain't working for me, you know? So I, yeah. I, when I'm, when I'm interacting, like I've had 
deep encounters with the experience of like love is or connecting deeply with my heart or like Mm -hmm. connecting to the the source of being Mm -hmm. and uh i could see how somebody's having that kind of experience and just calling it a particular thing you know it's like that's what it means to invite jesus into your heart or or whatever sure same experience different terminology then i can kind of like get with it but when it seems to be rooted in a dogmatic structure while I can recognize that that's a fucking powerful place too. I don't necessarily feel it to be like sourced in anything that is, that is, um, beyond the belief, you know, do you, do you, I think you would have more of an experience with that. Do you feel like that's something that dude, I mean, reading Ken Wilber has been the way that I've made sense of that, you know, cause it's like, What's happening is like you don't have to be at a particular level of personal or social development in order to have an encounter with the divine, but you will always interpret your encounter with the divine through through the, the level of, of development that you're at. Yeah. Okay. You know, through the context that you're in. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, oh, this makes tons of sense. Like you're having an authentic experience of the divine. I totally believe that. I believe you. And if you're at a stage where you're interpreting the world from a mythic, you know, a mythic place, a mythic level of development, I'm using that term as a specialized term, not a, um, not the, you know, quote unquote meaning of the word, but, you know, um, what, what Wilbur defines as the mythic level or mythic rational, you know, like the development, the, yeah, the, the developmental development. level of, uh, in society called mythic, where all of a sudden for no apparent reason, everywhere has a mythology instead of having just a, a magic, you know, like magic being like, you believe in these, like that there's the sky spirit and there's the there's the deer spirit and there's the, and whatever. And if you keep all the spirits happy and the way you do that is you have kind of an inner, a personal intercessor for your small group, which is probably a shaman. And, um, you, and language is kind of coming, is, is being developed and distinguished, but it's not yet fully, um, separate from phenomena Mm -hmm. in the mind such that, you know that's that ma- that's the space of magic is where is the place where la- or is a place where language and phenomena are undistinguished yeah. so if everybody in the tribe believes that when the medicine man or the shaman says this person has an evil spirit and they're going to die they all agree including the person who's going to die you know yeah and they die yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah so yeah magic is real and it's the collapse of those domain it's the or not the collapse but rather the emergence of one domain from another and the lack of distinguished ability between the two which is an extremely powerful place for making change in your own life if you want to engage with your life in a magical sense you can make a ton of you can you can make moves. You For know? sure. You can make moves. You can make moves and have those moves be validated such that it seems that that's very real and true. Like indistinguishably. Yeah. Indistinguishably. Yeah. And I don't... True. So, yeah. So, I don't define that as a stage of development that is... Um, I wouldn't define any of that as a stage of development that's necessarily valueless or unreal. Yeah. It's just that uh, it's something that's... You, you could think of it as like it's something that's widespread at a certain point 
and then it's not as widespread later. And the thing that's later is built on, but not limited to that, you know, value if it's, that was widespread. If it's an integral approach to relating, if, to yeah. That. If it's selected for long term, then you can bet that it that you can bet that it meets that characteristic. Yeah, yeah. Because right. it could certainly be like prejudiced and biased perspective that seems like that they have like a stronger yeah. understanding of yeah. what is real and true. That yeah, which could never survive, you know, which could never long term survive. Like it will select itself out of the, you know, the, and, and what I'm saying, I'm not saying it like it's totally true, but I'm saying, but I do think that it's onto something, you know, I do think that that theory is onto something. For sure. Um no, oh, I do too. Yeah, it's Very it's just so. like that is a theory of everything or a theory of maybe the the subtitle of that book is the spirit of evolution. And I think that I think that there is a spirit of evolution in that there's something that this thing is pulling for. It's not a blank canvas in term like it 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 wants to move a certain direction and phenomena will animate in all sorts of directions and the direction that um, that spirit of evolution is pulling for will be selected. That's, you know, basically Dude, that's, I, I mean, that's what the basis of this fucking podcast is, man. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's evident in what you said initially when I asked you, like, what was it that had you question it? Yeah. And you said that it felt insulting to your spirit or, or something like that. You yeah. Know? And it's like that. It's like, what is this thing that is moving me forward and propelling me forward? Yeah. You know, that I can develop a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can really, really develop a relationship with that. And it's something, you know, it's like what Adi Shanti would call like your own good sense mm-hmm. or like that still small voice. It's been uh-huh. called many things. Yep. It's the thing that Socrates said that he listened to unquestionably, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, to me, that is... To his death. <laughs> to his death. Yeah. Even to his death. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I've had moments and periods in my life where I've really listened to that. And I'm sure like you can look back at your experience in your life now and go, fuck man. Like I could still be living that life. Had I have not listened to this thing that was so fucking loud at some point that I had to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, and I I don't know what to attribute that to. If it, if it's like, well here, I want to finish that first question because basically I interpret what what goes on there as like these authentic spiritual experiences that are happening in a context of development that's like if you're in a mytho rational state of development you know somewhere you're not fully in the rational and not fully out of the mythic then um that's what's going to make sense to you that's how you'll make sense and if you're if you have that spiritual experience and you're in a context of Islam, then the only thing that it makes sense to project that experience Muhammad. onto is, yeah, is Islam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is Allah or, you know, ha- having the prophet, you know, having the prophet of Muhammad or the prophet of Jesus in Islam yeah. or Mary, you know, th- these are central figures in Islam. Yeah. And having those experiences are going to make sense in that, in that context. Or yeah. if you're, if you're Hindu, it's going to animate something completely differently. For sure. You know, it's going to be like, oh, I had an experience of Ganesh or I had an experience of Hanuman or, right. you know, if you're Buddhist, it's like I had a, I had a, um, you know, I, you know, entered Nirvana or whatever, you know, whatever right. your terms are for that thing. Yeah. So the way I interpret that is just like, you know, where, where those people are is at whatever particular stage of development they're at, having an authentic experience. And wherever I was, was like, 
in some sort of different developmental place. Um, like I would have had more at that point, I think more of a rational, like a more rational, less mythic view, given the time that I was born, given the, you know, the brain I was given, you know, whatever. And so that experience animated a different context for me, mm-hmm. you know, and continues to animate these, the different, the, you know, different contexts that I find myself in down the road. Like now I'm kind of, I'm in this stage where I, I, in my early twenties, I tried to, I really was into the postmodern pluralist thing, but I hadn't shored up the rational, you know? So I had all of these really inconsistent viewpoints that didn't make any sense if you really inspect them according to the, according to what's rational. Yeah. And so now I'm in a, now I'm kind of in the stage between, you know, if I, if I'm to evaluate myself, I'm like in a stage where I'm shoring up that rational and moving into what, what I would call like a healthy pluralist, you know, the goal that my goal is to, you know, move into a healthy pluralist space, hmm. um, you know, and my, you know, my son will probably have a, probably have he'll probably have things about my viewpoint that are offensive to his spirit that he had, that he has to make sense of in terms of like, well, that's not, that's offensive to me. And he'll have to make, he'll have to go do, do what he has to do to make sense of all of that, you know, and and move forward. So, you know, that, that's how I contextualize that and how I think, um, basically why I think, um, those experiences weren't just, I wasn't just the next line of that exact type of thinking or whatever. So that was the beginning of that deconstruction. And it ended up, it ends up when you start pulling the Jenga blocks, um, there's only so far you can pull before you have to just start the game. You have to play another game of Jenga, you know, because everything, everything falls down. And so, yeah, I went, I've been through every, every, every iteration of like, attaching my identity to a set of beliefs, you know, that, that I feel like I can Hmm. possibly, you know, it's like, Oh, believe, you know, atheism and, um, and, uh, you kind of tried it all out with materialism. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. And I think the nice part is, is like, you never have to, you don't, you don't really, unless, you know, if you want to just like kind of live a life unbothered and like, um, not wrestle with something. I think it's fine if you want to just, I'm not open to new experiences. I am comfortable with, you know, just beliefs and having these beliefs and holding these positions and, uh, that's fine. Or if you want to, um, you know, leave everything up for up er, anything and everything is up for debate, you know, um, you can do that too. Yeah. You know, and that's just much more what I'm drawn to. You know, yeah. it's like I, I, I'm willing to change my perspective at the moment. Something, um, makes more sense to me, you know, and Same. I'm, and I'm willing to be a champion of the things that make the most sense to me at this moment as a contribution to the whole. I'm less inclined to do that now. I think, well, it's still there for sure. It's still there. But I've just been wrong so many fucking times, man. Yeah. I've no, just been I, wrong so well, many yeah, times. Yeah, I don't think that it's about being right. I think it's about find, really giving yourself the opportunity to see where you're wrong. 
Yeah. You know, like give yeah. yourself and others, you know, give yourself the opportunity that the, cause it's such a contribution to me when I say something that is not accurate and somebody sets me straight and then I, I have to think about it. You know, I have to sit back and think like, I remember one of my favorite examples of this is like in the beginning of putting myself together from a rational place, it was like, I, I took a much more, um, I don't know, not necessarily, well, yeah, I guess conservative is a good, is a good way to put it. Like I found all of these like kind of conservative, um, concepts. Yeah. These concepts as, as valuable because the un, the undeveloped, uh, pluralist, which I would call postmodern is, um, doesn't have a self. Right, and so I'm g- mm. going through the world without a self. You yeah, know? If from a, the, as a philosophical being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I right. Got it. So as a philosophical being, I'm going through the world without a self. I'm at the effect of everything, bro. Um, that's right? me. <laughs> yeah, so it's like not okay. not entirely, but that's certainly like been a thing that I've been right. Been so out of. so yeah. what got revived? So what I mean, what, what happened in my life is I, um started doing really hard things and accomplishing a lot of things. Yeah. You know, when I revived that part of myself. So I, I went, so developing agency. Yeah. I developed agency. That's exactly right. And so that was really important to me to never have someone's agency leave my view of them, you know, to never do someone a disservice as relating to them as not having agency Mm -hmm. that felt very dishonorable to me in that space. And that's what put, that's what, put me in a more, had to have more conservative views Hmm. at that time. And so I said something, you know, to some friends who are, um, but maybe like a little bit more, uh, progress or who at least at that point were more progressive than me. Yeah. And they, and I said some, you know, shit like, you know, you, well, one issue with one issue that I said with illegal immigration is that you have people who aren't, a part of the tax structure, right? So mm-hmm. you have people who come into a system who don't even have the opportunity to contribute to, contribute to that system, yeah. right? And they said, you're wrong about that. <laughs> like undocumented immigrants actually pay a shit ton of taxes, hmm. you know? Yeah. And I was like, I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really believe you. And it. And the cognitive dissonance. And yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't believe yeah. you. I don't think that the systems are in place to do that. And it turns out they are. And it turns out that undocumented immigrants actually pay a ton of taxes. Yeah. You know, they pay a ton, they just pay a ton of taxes. Um, there are, you know, billions of dollars in our infrastructure that come from undocumented labor. Right. right. Through these very, you know, through this calculus of economics that I, um, you know, that I, that I was just reading about. Yeah. And it was such a contribution to me to understand that. And it, and it helped sharpen and hone my view on what I think is actually a fair way forward for an issue that's as complicated as like, you know, immigration in the U S where you're a country where a lot of people want to be, and you're trying to preserve the qualities of that place that allow them to be the place where people want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah, I want to live in a country that's doing well and thriving. And if I, you know, and if I'm seeing something that's actually a contribution as something that's uh, of detriment, then I would want to, then I want to know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that changed my view. So that's, so that's just an example of like, I'm not disappointed that I shared that perspective or 
stood where what was you know what I thought was true previous right, to that. Right. Yeah, you, you were know. trying to forward what your best view of a situation exactly. was. exactly. And what happened is that that view was replaced by a better view. Yeah, you know. And if I hadn't said anything, or if I had shied away from the conversation, then I wouldn't have known the next thing. Yeah, the real you know, value of freedom of speech. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the value of freedom of speech, and it's uh, it's. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, that to Without me is like being unquestionable, able to. but it's like, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't, I, 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 I understand why people are disappointed or afraid of the, of the effect of free speech and 100%. it's a lack of, it, it, and it makes sense that you would be, you would have that view if you don't really, if you think that everyone is at the effect of everything and there's no agency, yeah. you know, if there's no agency, you know, then you'd be, you'd be in real trouble because people need, what influences them needs to be very carefully, uh, regulated. And we'll just say that it needs to be regulated by people who think like you, <laughs> you know, we'll just, we'll make that generous yeah. assumption. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah, so yeah. I... If it's so, any testament to the workability of your life, maybe, yeah, we should employ that system at a much higher level that is responsible for way more people than just you. Yeah, I... Yeah, say that one more time. I just mean, like, I'm just, I am I feel like I was adding to the joke that you made, mm -hmm. which is just saying, like, yeah, we should listen to your perspective because look how well... Like, if your life isn't fully fucking set up... Yeah. And if you're not doing and living and being like exactly like who you want to be, like, yeah, I'm just saying like well, employing yeah. a system, like a, employing a system that's sort of going to create restrictions and regulations for a much larger audience. Like if you yeah. can't even regulate yourself, <laughs> right. you can't even restrict yourself. What makes yeah. you think that we should take your system? Well, it's a performative contradiction at the heart of that viewpoint because the reason that person's life is the way that it is by their view is because of the effect of the system that they are in. They don't have agency. Right. You know, so the reason their life is the way that it is is because the context of the world is the way that it is. So you can't, so by that, from their perspective, you can't judge someone's success in a system by them you judge it by the system so your life doesn't have to be working for you to to employ a a given you, you know set of strategies or a set of you know rules or whatever yeah so you know i mean and that's com that that one's complex to me because it's like i don't want to that that's why i think the rational is so um it's not everything and it's very wonderful because the merit of a given idea is on the idea. It's not on the mouthpiece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I was hanging yeah. out with a friend who was, who was a, you know, a, I guess a former fan of Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, whatever I like, I like some of what Jordan Peterson says, I think. And I think in general, he's up to something really good in the world. Yeah. And, uh, I certainly think he's somebody who like embodies what it means to like really stand for your values until you see that those values have adequately been dismantled. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. really, I think he, I think he wants what's true, you yeah. know? And I respect someone who aligns themselves with, well, I want what's true and I'm okay with being wrong as long as we find what's true. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it was him and his wife and his wife and, uh, th this friend who is a fan of him and him and his wife. And, uh, 
and um, somehow, you know, Jordan Peterson, came, yeah, like, oh, Jordan Peterson said that, and she's like, isn't he the guy who, like, is, like, an addict and, like, you know, got, oh, like, no. in, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it shut the conversation down, obviously, as something like that does. It was, like, kind yeah. of a way of dismissing it, which which is a logical fallacy, by the way. It's, like, um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of an ad hominem, you know, logical fallacy, which is, it's, like, a form of name-calling where it's, like, well, your idea, whether it's related to you or not... It's already disputed is, because is, that guy... Yeah, it's like someone saying, well, you're not a doctor. Yeah. You could say the exact same thing that a doctor said on the same information that a doctor said it. Yeah. But if you're not a doctor, it somehow is less true. Real. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, that you know, that's a logical fallacy. Um, and that's that's why I'm cautious of the... I think it's important to pay attention to whose life is working and I think it's important to evaluate ideas on the on the idea itself like how For does sure. the idea stand For up sure. it's not um, it's not like cuz I don't think anybody has fully realized you know <laughs> yeah has fully yeah. realized all of the best values that they could possibly come up with agreed agreed um, and and I think some of those things they, they at least, like, the way someone's life has manifested in the world at least um, could be a, it could be what spawns investigation, you know? Be like, oh, I'm going to investigate that, especially given the fact that it kind of seems like, um, it kind of seems like if you've applied that value in your life effectively and your life isn't working, um, then that would be a, a piece, a point of data, you right. know, if you've not applied that value in your life and your life isn't working, then that's a different type of point of data. And if you've, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's like, it's worth looking into, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess I, I have respect for the rational enough to, enough to say, all right, you don't have to have all of your shit together to present an idea that's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, lots of lots of lots of people, and and um, yeah, the domain of the domain of truth is very. Um, I'll say it's like a related. It's a related to. Um, it's a it's a related to. It, it's more related to functionality you know, than the other domains of like good and, and beautiful, you know, it's yeah. like the beautiful, it's like Van Gogh, you know what I mean? Um, it's not necessarily not true. a functional life. Yeah. yeah not yeah. a functional life and yeah. probably, and you know, one of the greatest geniuses, um, you know, and you know, I don't think if he was on modern psychiatric medication, he would have painted the same, you know, probably not. Uh, that's just a guess, you know, but yeah. it's like, there's there's something about the abyss um you know that can that can really do something in in conjunction with the human spirit about with beauty yeah Um, yeah i think that's the story of art but yeah you know um yeah i think yeah the the i i hope that adequately answered that originally question i guess like of it didn't matter to me if it did or didn't man i was enjoying listening to listening to what you had to say yeah, cool. yeah, and I think I think it did. I don't know that I ever really knew that story, you know. Like I knew of it. Which one? The just 
my yeah, just like my what kind of... what caused you to to question leaving the church? Oh yeah, well, it's really fortunate that my family went on that together. Yeah, it sounds you know? like they were really supportive. It, was, it sounds yeah, like it was really it, fortunate. Yeah, 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 because like if they pushed for it for you to stay there, you know, if they were still, yeah, like, would have definitely made things worse. And it, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you know they didn't push for certain things that I I um, defied. You know what I mean? Sure. There were a lot of things. Like by the time. By the time I was fully done, yeah, yeah. For reference, listen to Luke's episode uh, on. Listen to Luke's episode on the Creative Wells podcast, but, um. Yeah, but yeah, my family moved a a a a long distance in terms of um, philosophical development in a short amount of time, but. It seems like it. I was kind of the harbinger of that you know in at least i would i regard myself that i think i think most of my siblings and parents would agree but yeah just kind of like spearheading the whole thing yeah just and being in opposition so you said that you you said that you um wanted to get baptized which i thought was precious and i got baptized three times because every time i quote unquote got saved like born again yeah. A few years later, I would realize that I didn't know near as much as I did the last time, and I would become, you know, paralytically terrified that I was going to hell, and would get have another try to get another experience of that. Wow. Uh, and so I'd be baptized again, and this time it was real. Got it. Um. You know, and I think having the the pressure of eternal damnation if you don't get it right. Yeah. You want to on make sure my developing mind, you know, <laughs> set me up from a psychological perspective to really give a shit about what's true, right? You know, right. and so I think I think that's one of the things I have in my corner for you know, kind of a, a ravenous sort of like um, quest for what more and more true things, yeah, um, or higher and higher distillations of truth, as I would as I would term it, yeah, is. Um, a result of that psychological effect, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's as, that's as good as I can get it. That makes you know? sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think that's, you know, probably why I was the person who was, you know. So you were, you were still selecting that process. Like you were like, Hey, I don't really know enough. Or like, I, I see where I was at then. Mm-hmm. And now like, I need to get baptized again. Yeah. You were I mean, saying that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was saying that because I didn't understand last time and it wasn't random. And I'm having these nightmares where I'm at the last judgment and God is sending me to hell. Whoa. You know? He's like, sorry, bud. Yeah, I remember. You so, missed this. <laughs> so we used to listen to that. There's this reading of the Bible of the King James Version by a man named Alexander Scorby, who's like an English guy with a really great reading voice. And I think he's English. And... um we used to listen to him read the Bible when we went to sleep on like a cassette tape. Wow. And I would have these dream, this reoccurring dream where the, there are these like five, uh, beings moving through a landscape that were like, um, that were like, uh, like these biblical names Mm. of these beings. Like Zacharias was moving through the field, not in first person as a people group. So it was like the, a, Israelites. Israelite, 
the Philistine, the Canaanite. You know, I know that some of these are redundant names, but I'm just thinking of them off the top of my head. The the Ephesian and the Corinthian were moving through, or were, you know, are, and Alexander Scorby is narrating their movement through an environment. And they're kind of these alien type beings, um, you know, that are kind of, they're, they're bipedal, like with arms that are walking through this kind of desert environment. And the finale of the set of dreams was that and and is him narrating and the Canaanite and the Israelite and the Ephesian and the Corinthian all came short of the glory of God and were you know and I didn't know which of them I was, but I knew that I was one of them. Got it. So I never knew which of these beings I was. Yeah. But I knew I was one of them, and so I'm waiting to hear the outcome of these beings because it, one of them is me. Hmm. I'm sure a Jungian <laughs> depth psychologist would love oh, man. this Have dream a day with, with that, me. Sure. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'll talk to my friend Adam about it sometime. But well, um, it also makes sense too, like your your zest and your pursuit for like acquiring new knowledge, like being mm-hmm. open to new information. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm wrong, yeah, I better fucking figure out like how to get right. <coughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm damned. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that psychologically in the background is, is the, is the driving, is the, you know, the driving the engine. Force. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's, I mean, it's unpleasant, but it's also, I mean, I think it's a contribution, you know, I think it's a, it's part of how I'm wired up. So, you know, I believe it's here for a reason. And, yeah. um, like you can see that it served you well in your life. It's me and like, others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me and others. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, but I would have, I like, that was one of the experiences that I had leading up to another, um, kind of fear-driven profession of faith and you know i would go to the altar at the end of the sermon and just like you know plead for my soul basically you know to god and um was there ever a point where it just like switched you know was there ever a point where you were just like nope it was slow it okay. was really slow because okay. I remember, I remember I had a, uh, there was this one, I was probably 20 and, uh, it was 420. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke as much weed as physically possible. Whoa. You know? Yeah. And, uh, so Been I bought there, a man. bunch of weed and I bought a bunch of weed and I, I literally, I was like, when one joint goes out, I'm lighting, I'm starting rolling another one. You know, and so I spent this whole day just like this yeah, whole day in a in a social environment. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you in know, a social environment. House. Yeah, with with a bunch of strangers. You know, whatever. But wow, uh, which is I guess not advisable if you're you know encountering a psychoactive of any kind. But it's but you know I did it, and what ended up happening is I ended up getting into this really deep space in my mind where I, I had been out of that way of thinking for a long time, but I like relived a uh, hellfire and brimstone sermon, like start to finish from uh, Phil Kidd. Um, and um, I relived it in that space and like had, you know, the 
pangs of terror that are like, what if they're right? You know, what if that is actually right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, because, and it's not what if they're right because it makes sense. It's what if they're right because the the stakes are so high. Right. You know, which is always, which is always, um, it was more dead giveaway, but yeah, you know, um, so, so yeah, I just say that to say like I had been out of it for maybe two years or something like that, like fully out for two years, you know, the process started when I was maybe 15 and then I was like fully out, like fuck that. Um, you know, by the time I was like 18 or 19 and then, you know, when I'm 20 or so, you know, still kind of having these terrors that I, that I got it wrong, you know, or whatever, which Mm -hmm. is, which that psychological phenomenon makes sense in their context as the movement of the spirit, you know, in you, you're being convicted Mm. by, by the spirit, you know what I mean? So they have a context for that experience. Um, whoa, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's not like it, it's not like it doesn't make sense at that level, you know, at that level, it it makes sense. You can interpret any phenomena that you want through that lens for sure. So, um, yeah, you can fit anything into your, into your meaning making. Yeah. 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 You can make it work. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what happened. That's I, that's how, you know, that, so it took a long time, I guess, for it to really extricate itself. Um, and I, what, what really, solidifies it is having a having that spiritual experience in a new context hmm. you know yeah you really yeah. have that experience in a new context and you're like oh i have a re- i have a i have a real experience of this it was kind of like know. that for me but more um more conceptually you know like when i i was introduced to uh the hero with a thousand faces like pretty mm-hmm. early on and i remember <clears throat> thinking like Oh shit! These are the same stories. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. how are we having the same stories in different regions of the world? Yeah, like you know, with people that had no, absolutely no contact with one another. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of when I was like, okay, I think there's something else going on. Yeah, here. besides the stage of development that humankind is in at the moment. Besides the stage of human development. Yeah. Besides. Like, we went from a nomadic to an agrarian society, and all of a sudden these death, burial, and resurrection myths all of a sudden pop up in, mm. in you know, uh, our, you know, common now myths of, myths of that, you know, are common. And it's like, well, you, the plant dies, and you bury the seed, and, res- and out of it resurrects another plant, you know what I mean? Like, we moved to an agrarian society, death, burial, and resurrection is, this is what's true about life. Got it. You know? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like so you're you're the stage of development, um, a, as a society, you know, is shared um, along those cultures, and they come up with these same you know mythic kind of tropes, you know, and the and the and the bringer of the truth is born of a virgin. You know what I mean? Because you have to have the chicken or the egg handled somewhere, so the divine comes through. The, the the origin of the divine had to start somewhere and so the first seed you know happened sometime mm-hmm. so you have to have this virgin um, you know kind of um, figure at some point like that life in some way has immaculate immaculately cons- 
accepted itself. Yeah, exactly. It has to, like there has to be some divine touch that causes this cycle to start that is not contained within the cycle itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that's that's how it, that's how it goes. And so you have to have this virgin birth and then you have this uh, birth burial death, you know, burial and resurrection and all those myths, you know, kind of exist. Um as a consequence yeah, of like, like yeah 9000 years ago like everybody was kind of getting tired of roaming around foraging you know figured out like well we could just speed this thing along you know yeah. if I, I like that plant and if i do something with it something good happens you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah so. sometimes i wonder man like i when i when i read empire of the summer moon and i realized like what i knew was like I love it when I realize I don't know shit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, wow, I don't know shit. I'm glad that I know like a couple of the things that are useful, mm -hmm. you know, like what you were saying earlier about like, you know, information as truth as like utilitarian or, or something like that mm -hmm. is that I'm glad that I know like a couple of things like that. But when I, I think that's also part of like my zest for learning mm -hmm. is that I keep realizing like, I don't know shit. Yeah. And but when I was reading that book and they were talking about how, you know, they were sort of given, you know, the, the settlers as the wars had gone on for so long were like, how can we fucking make this stop? You know, like yeah. maybe, maybe if we just give them goods and maybe, you know, like, and then eventually like the revolver was built. Yeah. You know, and they didn't have to compromise so much. They didn't have to create these like bargains that never worked anyway. Mm -hmm. But basically I realized like they didn't want to stop their way of life. They wanted to stay on the move. They wanted to keep on those horses and they wanted mm -hmm. to chase down Buffalo. And it's like, I can imagine, I can imagine for some people, like it really worked out to, uh, settle into this sort of modern way of, or the, to settle into the agrarian societies. Yeah. But I can also imagine for a lot of people, it really fucking didn't work. Totally. You know, like, yeah, totally. And it was selected for, you know, it was selected for, that's the, that's the, you know, it's selected for in a way that if you project your values, having lived in a modern, you know, post agrarian society, the values that spring out of that, if you project them back onto a previous context, it's like, oh, well, I wouldn't have done the same thing. Hmm. You know, it wouldn't have wiped out people who didn't live the same way, you know, for whatever reason. But yeah, you have... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're saying yeah. that from the ivory tower of like, you know, a stable, uh, you know, a stable... Um, infant mortality rate and uh oh yeah know, well dude lifespans and you know things like that like things that give you the comfort and time to really consider who you might like to be in the world right you know right and it's like well it was selected for and i think you know that's the i i hear the the jury you know, the jury's a little bit out on like the social constructionist type of um theory but I don't consider myself a social constructionist, like hardcore at least, you know, and it's like social constructionist meaning, meaning that, meaning that like kind of select the selection process has nothing to do with mm. the way a culture mm. survives or doesn't survive, you know, Got it. um, 
and that, it, that, that what, what basically that the way a culture creates itself and is successful or not successful is divorced from the same set of laws that create that make a biological being um, successful or unsuccessful. You know, hmm. but you know that's the social construction. It's like these are arbitrary values that are piled on top of the domain called biology, and they're they're all up for question. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Firstly, that's the first thing I would say. I don't know. And then the second thing is, it doesn't really seem like anything has quite escaped the uh, the Darwin's grasp. You know, like or, or that sis- the system he's referring to. You know, it seems like. Um, you know, now we might be able to see an uncontacted tribe and have this set of values that say, um, you know, if they want to live that way, they can. And that's, that's within their, you know, their, um, that's within their inalienable rights. You know what I mean? And it's like, cool, man. Just as long as you don't try to convince them that there's such thing as inalienable rights, as long you regard them as having those, but you're not trying to convince them that they have those. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to see it your way, unfortunately. Right. Um, Because that's a feature of something that is later. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was talking with a guy at jiu-jitsu practice fairly recently. Um, he was he was over in Afghanistan mm. right before they did the pullout. Oh wow! And yeah, he I think he left two months before that happened. Wow! And we were talking, and and I could tell like, oh, this dude, you know, he has a lot of. There's a lot going on over there. Mm-hmm. You mean like there's a lot of? I mean like there's a lot of intelligence. Like he has okay, a lot yeah, of intelligence. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And um, and so we just I I just started listening to what he was talking about, and my coach was like, "Oh yeah, man, that's like such a fucked up thing," or something like that. And and the dude goes, he goes, "Let me tell you something, man, like." There's something that that people don't really understand about that situation. He goes, as far as, like, we thought that it could go to zero. Mm-hmm. And our smallest estimation was nine months. Our largest estimation was somewhere around, like, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And what's it been? You it know, was two like- weeks. Oh wait, what was two weeks? When when everything went to zero. Oh, in terms of like a total takeover of the opposition or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that he said is he goes he goes, A lot of people don't understand that, you know, and take this however you want to take this, that those people are living in a completely different time. Yeah. They're like living in like horse and buggy time. Yeah. You know, Jesus time. Chattel. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not like the, <clears throat> I was thinking about, we were, so uh, Jake and I, you know, have gotten a couple of Christmas gigs. We always get a couple of Christmas gigs every year. And so you relearn all the Christmas songs and there's a line in Oh Holy Night <clears throat> that fixated me this year that I didn't know, I'd never noticed. Hmm. Firstly, that's an amazing song. The, you know, um, uh, but it says, uh, when he appeared and the soul felt its worth, Mm. you know, there's a line of that song. Um, 
when he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You know? And what I what I think is very interesting about that line, or just very valuable about that line, is like that truly I'm not a champion of, you know, Judeo-Christian living, you know, necessarily or whatever, but it's really interesting to notice it as a stage in, uh, you know, a probably one of the most influential spiritual or religious movements in the, on the history of the planet is that... Definitely top three. The soul, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the soul, it's top three, solid top three. I, I, it's like... The soul felt its worth. So it's like saying that it's making a statement, something like until this set of values emerged, until the set of values that this being represented emerged, the individual soul had not realized its own worth. Hmm. Right. Hmm. And the the value of the individual is totally a feat. It's like, to, it's something that the enlighten the enlightenment is trying to, um, the enli- like the enlightenment values, rational values, is trying to manifest in the mm. world. You know, so it's like you have to wonder. You have to wonder if a bunch of guys who are all, you know, older, middle-aged, white, landowning males penned the words that all men are created equal. As total hypocrites or as people who are projecting a set of values that they can't possibly live up to, Mm. you know, in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like almost like almost like a like a premonition of potential or something. That's it. That's it. That's what that's how I choose to relate to it. Yeah. Is like this is a this is a statement that is throwing your hat over the wall in terms of a value that you can't you, you you can't even possibly begin to uh, know what it would mean practically to embody these values at that point in time. Yeah, and it's, you know not, I mean? it's not that hard to understand. I mean, imagine yourself like when you were a kid, you know, and you looked up at adults and you're like, fuck, one day I'm going to be driving cars and I'm going to be, mm-hmm. you know, you can't even fucking imagine it. You can never like, imagine everything that goes into that. And yet yeah. you assume that your your potential is to, you totally make the generous assumption that you're totally capable yeah. Of doing that stuff, yeah. you know. Of course, your kid. When you're 16, you get your license, and of course, you can pilot a half ton vehicle, you know, at 80 miles an hour down a uh, pathway that is demarked that, that that that's marked by paint. Yeah. You know, there's no wall in between you and the oncoming cars. Yeah. You know, on that road, it's an idea that's represented is... by a by paint on the ground, and yeah. everybody's doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. So it's that. So it's like the projection of this set of values that's totally unattainable. And I, I some pe- I know that some people say that these guys are just total hypocrites and like whatever, and like you, you know they didn't any, they didn't in any sense live up to the values that they said they believed in. And I would say you don't either. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you don't either. Hundred percent. And if you think you do. Have a chat with your great grandkids in eighty-five years. If you have great grandkids, have a chat with them and see if they have any naturally occurring criticisms of the way things were yeah. eighty-five years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because because they will. You know what I mean? Because they will. It's like I you know I have these criticisms. You know, and I have these criticisms of ways that it's like you said you had these values, but you didn't live up to them at all. And here I am with a cell phone in my pocket 
Yeah. You know, that's made totally unfairly. And I do it because this is just what you need to participate in modern society. Yeah. It's what you need. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's what you need to have a job, you know, to transfer a thought. Like, you, there's no way that you could record this podcast and put it on the internet without slave labor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, and forget about, you know, clothing your children of like in a way that is in accordance with your economic means and feeding yourself in a way that is. Yeah. Or you even going to be like remote, remotely, um, aesthetically similar. Yeah. You know, to the, yeah. Let alone the quality. Yeah. Let alone the quality, you know, the, the quality question, you know, or who knows your grandkid, it might be a thing that's totally gone to even, interfere with other sentient beings in in life you know what i mean it could be like you know eating meat could be similar to cannibalism in 85 years in the in the moral conception for sure you know what i mean who knows who knows who knows what value is going like because they didn't know which value was going to be criticized they didn't know which manifestation in their life was going to be criticized how could they know you don't know yours yeah and we like to think like we like to think, oh yeah, if I went back, I would be totally different and I would be, you know, and it's like, no, no. you probably wouldn't, you know, you really probably wouldn't. Some people were, some people were, and they were, you know, um, accurate in their projection of what modern, of what, of what, uh, you know, newer values were going to be. That's, that's all that was. You know, you, you relate to the people who opposed it in the same direction that you oppose it because you're, because they, they happened to have a, a deviating point of view from their time that so happens to align with your point of view now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and it's aligned maybe through what this thing is selecting for. You know, yes, but there are plenty of deviating views on what was happening then, and some of them manifested, and some of them didn't. Do you feel like? Do you feel like we're actually like living up to? You know, when you say like what's being selected for, it's kind of like. I would just say this. I would say this. My um, presumption would be that we have an ability to contact that thing that Mm -hmm. is selective Mm -hmm. or selecting Mm -hmm. and while i don't adhere to um a a christian ideology at least like not consciously i'm sure i'm influenced by it by my culture no fucking question about that Mm -hmm. um but to say like the spirit or the soul or the the heart of an individual, like one of those domains that I can develop a relationship with that and move with that. I mean, that's sort of like, you know, the, the presupposition of this work, even fucking working at all mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. Is the basis that, of spirituality. Exactly. Yeah. That, that there's a, that there is a, the way that I look at it is like, I look at it like, self-actualization and self-realization self-realization is like the feminine or the internal the yin component Mm -hmm. and then the self-actualization is the the masculine component Mm -hmm. and potential is sort of like the 
primary circle that holds both of those. Okay. And the the wheel of awareness is sort of where all of that is kind of taking place, body, mind, heart, spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was talking with I was talking with Jenny about this the other day about how <laughs> some states have to be surrendered to and some states have to be worked towards. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, yeah. it's like in order. Like I started to realize, like for me, like in order to fully be able to surrender into myself, yeah. I had to work my ass off to really get there. Yeah. You know? Or, yeah, or there are domains that, there are domains that are exclusive in terms of which one of those, which one of those paths you can take. Domains that are exclusive, for sure. Like, like for you're sure. not going to be for a sure. black, like you just got your purple belt. Blue belt. You got your blue belt. Yeah. Um, You just got your blue belt. You can't surrender into that into being a blue belt that's right you can't just let go of the things that are not causing you to be a blue belt and be a blue belt that's like, right there's some active component to that you know exactly. what i mean and that's a context like that's a well-defined context yeah you know yeah. but yeah I, I i'm with you i i totally agree and then there are there's probably a self-realization component to the self um actualization component inside of getting your blue belt which is you know you probably have to surrender. What's before blue? Green? Green. Yeah. Green. So uh, you have to surrender to the context of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and accept that where you are is that you're green. Yeah. You know? Yes. You have to surrender yourself to, you know, um, and you, there may be things that you realize about yourself that are that are in the way of becoming that, you know, that blue belt that you want to be that are like, I need to surrender to this reality to even engage, you know, or whatever, but there's engagement, you know, there's going to be engagement. Yeah. 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 I, I, I fully, I fully agree. And, and I wonder like, you know, like you were talking about the, the projection or like the premonition of those values. Yeah. Like sort of like as a, as a marker to live towards. Yeah. It's kind of like, we're here in this way, in these bodies, in this form. What brought us here? Like, I, I try not to, like, completely fucking do away with the mysteries, but I'm really fucking interested in these kinds of things. It's part yeah. of the reason why, we, you know, yeah. we can have, like, hour-long conversations about this, like, unendingly. Mostly because you have a great way of being able to articulate what you know and what you've learned, which I really appreciate. Yeah, man. But, um, Thank you. But that, uh, you know, it's like... To not do away with the mystery and to to live in the world of like, I don't fucking know, but my sense of things are, is that engaging with that, engaging with potential mm-hmm. is the same thing as engaging with the spirit of evolution, is the same thing as like, it's mm-hmm. like developing a relationship with that which is moving me beyond my basic fucking survival functions, you know, mm-hmm. like moving me beyond my basic animalistic needs. Yeah. You know, and the reason why, the reason why I was talking <clears throat> about that guy at jujitsu was because when he was saying, you know, it's like these people that are at, at are, are at a different level yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. They don't have the values. Yeah. They don't have a context for it. Yeah. So the moment that, their animalistic needs were jeopardized by 
basically like Big Brother not being there to protect them from the fucking big bad wolf. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden that leaves. There was no values that were actually instantiated. Yeah. And I looked at that and I went, well, I don't think we're that fucking far away here. What do you mean? I mean, I'm saying because what you were talking about, like with with people kind of looking out in the world and being like, oh, I, well, if yeah. I went back there, I would do shit differently. Yeah, our it's ability like, to cause that in them is synonymous with our ability to cause that in ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that yeah, like maybe we didn't do this to ourselves. It happened. It happened that we are. You know, it, ha- it so happened that we we. Um, it happened got for here. us. It happened yeah. for us. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, you can't force evolution on people. No. You know? Especially not from, like, I think that the rational is predetermined by the realization that one has of themselves. Like, if you only can focus on your animalistic tendencies, your needs, like your basic survival instincts. Mm -hmm. And you have no time to sort of engage with any of the other phenomenon that might be happening like below the surface. Right. You know? Yeah. Then it might as well not even exist. Yeah, one could say that it doesn't. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, it exists as a potential. Yeah. But then I wonder, like, how much of that is predetermined by biology? Mm. I don't know if that's a real thing, and I think I'm probably getting into really tricky and dangerous <laughs> yeah. fucking... I'm really getting into some deep some water with that one. here in uh, Independence, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I... No, that's, of course that's tricky, but it's like... Yeah, if I'm going to take the... If I'm going to take what I understand to be the integral view on that it's just that um determined by biology is distinct from um it's distinct from including but not being limited to biology including but yeah right yeah so it's like okay spirit that's the spirit component yeah. So it's like so it's like um there's no yeah to me so again this is this is what this is why I don't land in the social constructionist world but it's no functional society over time and we'll find out which ones are quote unquote functional and which ones are not or another way of saying that which ones have pathology so deeply embedded in their way of being that they're self-defeating yeah. and which ones are not yeah. you know um pathological um we, you know we'll find out which ones those are but um or or you know we we as the 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 big we will find out which ones those are but basically it, it it the one that is not pathological or the ones that are not pathological will not move against biology and will yes. not be limited to purely biological um you know interactions obviously you know we're yeah. not limited to biological interactions we're that now all of our interactions can be contextualized 
in biology, the same way that the entire universe could be contextualized in matter, atomic. Yeah, yeah. In, in a in a physics perspective, you could you can say you know that, that, that it could be contextualized at any level below it. You know, yeah. Yeah. you can compress it. You can compress a file to any size, and the the detail just changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And pretty, and you end up with a with a single point of information. You know, at the very at the very lowest, at the very lowest manifestation, but it doesn't mean you could blow it back up to that, mm. you know, from, from that place, dude, it, you know? So it's like, I, so I, yeah, so I don't know if it's determined by biology, but it may just be that it hasn't transcended and included biology to the same degree. Maybe it hasn't transcended because it's certainly not disobeying biology because they're still reproducing. Right, yeah, yeah, you know anybody yeah. who's still repro- functionally reproducing has handled biology, so, so you know a, um, so I don't think anybody's disobeying biology right now, necessarily, but it may not have transcended biology and mm. included it to the degree that like Western culture has or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. which that's even controversial why you know applying any value judgment to anything in the postmodern landscape is controversial but um but i think you know the core of what i'm saying has some truth to it which is like um you know some simple questions are like you know if you have a daughter or a sister do you would you prefer that they live in modern united states or um, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. You know, would you prefer they? You know, if if you were to create a median set of values that apply to the a the life of a female in these two places, which one would you want them in? You know, that's yeah. the, that to me is like the if if you could choose which place to be vulnerable, which one would you choose to be vulnerable? You know. Yeah. Um. And so it's like. It's it's to me that's the thing that's like well you know it's fun to have no set of value it's you know I get the allure of having there's no such thing as a um, as a concrete you know value structure yeah. Yeah. you know or an objective value structure um, I I understand the allure of that and the intellect that is behind a statement like that that's a that's there's something to it and for sure. You know, you might see if that betrays a certain element of yourself that is, uh, let's say, let's say more fundamental, you know, like would yeah. you be betraying your, the fundamental biology of yourself or the fundamental like um, person, your fundamental personhood, would you be betraying that by making that choice? You know, mm. my, my answer would be, it seems like it from my impression. Yeah. You know, for my impression of, of, of what it's, of what it's like, so to speak, you know, hmm. some, in some other places of the world, like Afghanistan or, you know, in these more like religiously dictated fundamentalist cultures, you know, I would rather live somewhere not like that, you know, same cause I can choose to live. I could be a monastic, um, Muslim, you know what I mean? I have that. Like you could choose that, yeah. Yeah, I have that choice here. That's still an option. I could totally live that way. Yeah. You know, I could replicate it like pretty darn close in like Moab or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could go out to Arches, um, you know, National Park and live in the desert and 
you know, spend a couple grand on getting some camels here and like really enact that exactly how I want and have the freedom to do so. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like yeah. more, more, more options. The where is there, they don't have the freedom to do anything, but. Well, yeah, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm using like these really broad, you know, broad strokes to, to paint a picture of a place I've never been. But, um, you know, if I'm to just act on my impression of something, you know, or, you know, I think, I think the, uh, the best example is like, I think the further along a culture gets the, the more, um, basically the more space for non-masculine um, behavior there is, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of like yeah. one way of thinking of it. It's like, and so that's why I use the daughter or sister example is because, right. you know, that's the, 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 that's a hot commodity. In that's those the way I, that yeah, I, that's the way I evaluate the level to which a culture has, you know, one of the ways to evaluate the level to which a culture has transcended uh, being restricted by the biological realm is like, well, how, that's the easiest place to see it. You know, mm. it's like, how hard is it to be um, a, a, a female, human, yeah. a human female? You know what I mean? Because, um, yeah, what it is to be a, mammal female is a you know you know you don't get to be you know the more wild an animal is the less feminine it gets to embody you know what i mean hmm. it's close like a a female tiger and a male tiger have Pretty much simple. less difference at the mean you know in terms of temperament and behavior and like what it requires to survive than a, fe- a female and a male um you know silverback gorilla yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, so, something along those lines. And it's like, it seems like the further back in evolutionary time you go, the harder it gets. Um, the less freedom there is to animate different um, values. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I do wonder, I do wonder, like, you know, the the matriarchal versus, like, patriarchal values cultures hmm. you know yeah like my mentor comes from more of a matriarchal culture i would say it's probably not even quite that that there's just more of a respect and honor mm-hmm. for that sort of side of things yeah um and it's so interesting you know i've, I've talked with him about this like you've met him He's mm-hmm. from the upper Amazon basin in Peru. Mm-hmm. Comes from an indigenous lineage of like unbroken for like 15,000 years that they know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a different kind of fucking human being, man. Yeah. Like the same way that Ken Wilber is a different kind of human being. Yeah. Just access to things beyond what any other person that I've ever met ever in the world, you know, is, is capable. Yeah. You know, cause even if you're good at not posturing yourself to people and you start posturing yourself to like, to those types of people, you know, when they're in your space, you like notice yourself like, Oh, I, I all of a sudden feel, I feel I deeply seen you, in such a way yeah. that I'm like, oh, I'm a little exposed just being here, Yeah, you know, cause there's like a depth of, there's a depth of uh, presence or awareness. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. Something it's, different going on. Yeah. Something different going on. Yeah. And one of the things that he described, you know, he said, he goes, you know, you guys are from, you guys are from cultures that experienced the fall. 
Whereas we didn't. Right. We never left the garden. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like it never turned on us. That was mm-hmm. sort of like the idea of like the rise of patriarchal values. Mm-hmm. The rise of, you know, the the sort of like um, the power structure to move more towards yeah. the the bigger and stronger. And part of it was because his saying was that because nature turned against us, the nature turned against humanity. Yeah. You know, and that one of the things particularly that, in the northern hemisphere, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dude. You know, it's like these these like cold you gotta survive through the through the damn thing. You know, it's not an equatorial uh you know you Yeah, it's not it's not cross cross uh equatorial phenomenon yeah exactly it's yeah. like you you live far enough from the equator far enough from the fertile kind of like belt that wraps around the earth and you're like uh yeah it, like, you're not you gotta be not, a tough person you know at some point you had to be a tough person you for know, sure for those people for sure yeah 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 and i think in that way you know it like really really validates a lot of uh the darwinian model but but basically like just saying that i wonder you know because you know, it's like I've never been I've never been to where he's from. I've never, you know, but I've I've listened to a lot of anthropologists and I've known him for many years and uh there is just something that's genuine and true there that is beyond like my scope of understanding by a fucking long shot. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet there are sometimes these like very profound insights and yeah. that that can come through and it's sort of like, you know, the way that we position things in our culture, we position the mind or competency mm-hmm. as like the primary. Yeah, that's the tool locus of, of the individual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like in that culture, the locus of the individual is in the heart. Mm-hmm. The heart has different values. Yeah. You know, it has different access to different experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like the brutality of humanity and like how we've been towards each other it's like it's it's easy for wars to go on when what's waging the war is the um unrealized or unrecognized pain of the loss or the burden of the love that you have for someone Mm -hmm. and the seeking the sort of vengeance or the retribution or the like whatever for for that thing but if you don't have like a real like access to your heart as something that is like integral and whole and you know that it's like I can see that for myself like I don't feel like I really even and I've spent a lot of time working on this and Mm -hmm. you know had a lot of practice with it and probably more so than a lot of people that I know outside of Mm -hmm. you know our sort of like core group of people um but I I do I do wonder what it could be like if we started to like really learn those values and started to really, you know, get, um, develop some competency or develop some realization in those places because it's kind of like, you know, one of the things that's interesting. Yeah. One of the things that, that came through for me like fairly recently was, uh, was, uh, well, there's two things that I want to say. One of them is that, uh, this like insight came through and it came through an experience of sort of resting my attention or having my locus of attention 
be from my heart. That's where I was sourcing myself from. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thought came through that was, imagine all the things that had to happen for this to be happening here. You know, I know all the things that had mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah, all the deviations, all the weird shit, all the times that, all the times that your species came down to, ten um, percent you know, people or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And all it's, the and what needed to be online for that to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's literally like I felt it, and I actually sent this to him. Yeah. I was like, you know, here's a fun one for you. Like, imagine yeah. all the things that had to happen for this to be happening here. Mm-hmm. And it is the the ground of being to the heart of creation. Mm-hmm. It all fucking came from somewhere. Right. I don't claim to have any fucking idea what that was, where that was, or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Or even or even that my way of conceptualizing transformation and transition through a linear time format mm-hmm. is relevant at all to the things that are you know it's like i don't fucking know enough to know that yeah but i know that my access to that experience was fucking clear as day yeah and real as fuck yeah you know and it was like the reason why i started saying that was because this one you know this one came to me and it was that i've had some difficult experiences mm-hmm. you know and the thing that i <clears throat> <laughs> the thing that I realized that was holding on the most was the resistance to the um, potential that I would cease to be, you know, like yeah. the resistance to the potential that I would cease to be. Yeah. And, you know, this, the sort of like saying that came through, it's kind of like anytime I'm experiencing that, I just repeat to myself, the I that endures is already here. Mm hmm. So no matter where I'm at, yeah. if I can say those words, the I that endures is already here. It's yeah. already here. It's already here. And it's like taking that like through these through these sort of painful experiences, which to me feel like <coughs> the inheritance mm-hmm. <coughs> of being connected to a lineage of people mm-hmm. that have lived out those particular values. Yeah. You know, it's like all the fucking, all the information that's fucking carried through. It's like mm-hmm. the eyes that I have in my fucking head mm-hmm. started as some fucking deviation somewhere. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it certainly wasn't how everybody looked, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. like whatever that fucking lineage is, you know, yeah. whatever, like who knows all yeah. the fucking well, triumphs can, and victories yeah. and failures and yeah. sh- you know shortcomings and all of that it's like i can sort of feel in my fucking soul man that there is that there is a sort of like pain and being in that kind of disconnect yeah like yeah yeah I started. I started saying that for a very particular reason, but sometimes I lose sight of what the hell I'm, where I'm going with those. Well, things. we were talking about the kind of the the what is termed um, patriarchal oh, yeah, yeah, society yeah. and like so some it, of those values. Yeah, of, like, so it's like so it's like the 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 values that we have, like it's kind of fucking crazy, you know, that we live that the, the democratic societies even fucking exist. Like yeah, here we are. You know, multicultural society, different types of 
races and creeds and religions and all of that and like mm-hmm. throughout history like the things that kind of held people together that united people was their fucking race was their ideologies was mm-hmm. their religions was yeah. their myths was their like if you didn't belong to that you might yeah. as well fucking get the fuck out because this is what yeah. we're doing here. not to mention that get the fuck out means death yeah get the fuck out means yeah. like i'm gonna get you the fuck out of here you yeah know? yeah you you'll you'll be alone and alone this <laughs> is death yeah yeah but yeah, it's like die. and and dude man there's there's so yeah i have i have so yeah. many thoughts on this matter my brother i do have to cut it short i have one appointment that's coming up okay. um but i really fucking enjoyed this conversation man. yeah me too man i really enjoyed me too. it too we and, can uh yeah we can pick it up here next time yeah yeah that'd be cool and and even i want to talk more actually the before we go um I want to talk about like how people can look up like what you're up to. I feel like oh. people get a sense of who you are here. Yeah, you know, yeah all yeah. thirteen people or whatever that's listening <laughs> yeah. to this podcast. No, I'm do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so how can people look me up? Uh, you can go to thecreativewells.com. That is the so yeah. What I do is I write I write uh, custom songs for people who um, who want to commemorate a relationship or celebrate uh, a relationship in their life. Or honor someone. Um, a lot. A lot of times, that looks like somebody who's you know recently passed, or you know a relationship that's been lost, um, or, or a, a loved one that's been lost. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically, it's like uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to in the world. Um, basically, just uh, real meaningful media. I think is the umbrella term for what I'm up to. Dude, that's great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so yeah, Creative Wells, the CreativeWells.com is where you can go, kind of see my work, and then the Creative Wells podcast is where my brother and I, who's my teammate on that venture, uh, we talk about the songs that we've written, the stories, how they impacted us, and where the inspiration came from. Um, and uh, Dude, I love listening to it, man. Yeah, I love listening to it. It's, <laughs> it's like good, I'm man. sitting there and I can I can feel and see like all your guys' little nuances. Yeah, I, I was listening last night, man, literally fucking dying laughing on the yep. couch. Just to, yeah, <laughs> just I think to, Jake and I are a riot together because we're just like we're so we're so different and yeah. so and we're really similar at at the level where it counts and really different. Um, you know where that makes it fun. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I and I like to think that we're we're I, I think we're doing something with our work. We're doing something that is um, new and needed and meaningful and making an impact. So yeah, that that's that's where I would tell people uh, to go. And then you know if you if you have something that you want you know commemorated in that way and it would be meaningful to you, there's a way you can reach out there. So nice. Yeah. I didn't realize it was only for people that had like lost loved ones i thought it was like big milestones it's yeah it's anything it's celebrating yeah you could okay. you could celebrate yourself you know through a song like you know we've done that where it's for an individual who's like i just need something that like i H-A-R. acknowledge the badassness of myself you know yeah. We, yeah so yeah we we've done that we've done i want a i want kind of like the fight song life song for my daughter that she can always have take it with her and remember who she is through her life um, or, you know, all of that to the, you know, to the loss and the grief and the stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that's our, that's, that's what we're up to. So, you know, um, hell yeah. So yeah, you know, and are you, well, I'll, I'll ask, or are you, do you use that, uh, that music that I scored for you on your, on your podcast? 
I would love to, dude. <laughs> I've thought about that so many times that I just haven't fucking reached out about it. Yeah. But I, Do you have it? No. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I'll make sure you get it. Dude, yeah. I would yeah. I would, I would. would love that. Yeah. Pretty cool. easy to splice in. I think all I need is just like whatever the, the MP3 file is, and then it's just like... Yeah, just kind of cut it in. Yeah, yeah, just cut. I'll, I'll, I can show you how to do it. It's easy. Sweet. Yeah. Cool, bro. All right, bro. Love you, man. Love you too. Take care. Yeah.